The one thing that I find that authors really overlook almost every time is their Amazon book page. And if I talk to an author and they say, Penny, I don't know what else to do to market my book. I'm running Facebook ads. I'm running Amazon ads. I'm doing all this stuff and my book's not converting. I can almost guarantee you it's the Amazon book page. That's Penny Sansevieri, who's the founder and CEO of Author Marketing Experts. Today, she's going to be telling us all about Amazon and especially its secret relevancy score that may make the difference between your book being discovered or simply completely overlooked. But first, let me welcome you to Inside Independent Publishing with IBPA. I'm an independent publisher and your host, Peter Goodman of Stonebridge Press. This podcast is brought to you by IBPA, the Independent Book Publishers Association at ibpa-online.org. Whether you're a hybrid publisher, a author publisher, a small independent publisher, or someone who's just thinking about getting into publishing, IBPA's mission is to help you become a better publisher through advocacy, education, and tools for success. If you're not already a member, consider joining and becoming part of the IBPA family. Now let's get started and find out more about Amazon. Uh, today, I'm talking with Penny Sansevieri, the founder and CEO of Author Marketing Experts. And I would have to say that, that name uh, aptly describes her and also what she does. So welcome to the podcast, Penny. Thank you so much, Peter, for, for inviting me to be on the show. You know, uh, you have a, a blog that is on your Author Marketing Experts website. And uh, we were just chatting before the broadcast uh, about how it is often referred to in the uh, IBPA newsletter as a great source of uh, information and suggestions and help for authors. So uh, we'll get that plug out of the way right at the very top of the program here. Uh, that is a great blog. And uh, what, what do you try to accomplish with it? Well, we try, you know, I'm a big fan of education, um, which is why I love like the IBPA PubU conference, I really think that education, the educated author makes better choices. So our goal with that blog is to educate, to talk about things that are on authors' minds. Like, you know, earlier this year, we talked about what will book marketing look like in 2020 for the author who has had everything canceled. Right, right. Right. Um or, or who even had book dates, book, you know, launch dates moved to unknown timeframes and things like that. And it was actually, it continues to be one of our most popular posts along with all of the Amazon stuff, which always outperforms. <laughs> the, the unraveling the mystery of Amazon always outperforms everything else. Yeah, well, that's definitely what I want to talk to you a, a bit about today. I, I will say the... Um uh, as another uh, segue to get into that discussion, uh, the most recent blog posting I noticed is Effective Social Media for Your Best Book Marketing Campaign. Uh, so that's, you know, it's like all the other ones. It's very, it's short. And you say how many minutes it basically takes uh, someone to read it. And I, I think it's usually five to seven minutes, maybe at most. So these are, it's a really great source of information. And if you are talking about social media in a book marketing campaign, a lot of that social media, at least for independent authors and author publishers, is driving uh, sales or driving readers to, to go to Amazon where they can either see more about the book uh, through search inside the book or, or buy the book, hopefully. So uh, 
I did want to talk to you a lot about uh, Amazon today. And uh, the first thing I want to, to ask uh, is where do you fall? I, and I can imagine where you fall. But where do you fall on the uh, debate as to whether Amazon is ultimately a force for good or a force for evil in the book publishing universe? Well, that's a really interesting question because even though I have, I've written books on Amazon marketing on Amazon, optimizing on Amazon. I love the fact that they have given authors the the opportunities that they have, right? So 20 years ago when I was first in business and Amazon was just in its infancy, um, we had no idea where, you know, eBooks were not even on the radar screen and they've really opened a lot of doors for authors. At the same time, I... I, I, I'm always, I, you know, I always look at it with a very skeptical eye because we know that Amazon prioritizes their own titles over other authors. Um, we know that when they were shipping um, in March and April, when our first shutdowns occurred, they were prioritizing shipments over print books in the Amazon Prime Day, which just happened last week, they were also prioritizing ships. So, you know, you have to really, you have to be careful, I think, um, with Amazon as a po- because they always have their own. I mean, obviously, they're a business. They have their own best interest in mind, as any business should. Um, so I love what they do, but I always, you know, you always got to kind of grade them on a curve a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I often hear the... Uh, you know, if, if you're an Amazon customer, which I assume most listeners of this podcast are, um, the customer is prioritized over anything else. Customer satisfaction yeah. is primary. And so if you're a vendor who supplies a customer, you are, uh, you're kind of down at the bottom of the list. And if you don't play by Amazon rules properly, you might even get entirely kicked off the platform. Uh, yeah. So it uh, you have to you have to do things their way, but on the other hand, you want to make the Amazon experience work for you and your business. And um, what what do you if if you are a, an author publisher or a small publisher and you're looking at Amazon, you're saying, "Well, I've got this book coming out in six to eight months." How should you start thinking about working with them? And what what kinds of things would you expect to have to do in order to uh, make your Amazon experience? Um, uh, profitable, if not happy. Well, I mean, I think that um, the first the first piece of this to really understand is that Amazon is a search engine, and we know that Jeff Bezos was an early investor in Google. And my, you know, individual research and all of the time that I have spent on Amazon has shown that. The Amazon system responds very similarly to Google in terms of searching, in terms of search rank. So, you know, the first piece of it as an author or a publisher, and you're saying, okay, I have this book coming out, what do I need to think about, is think about Amazon less as a store and more as a search engine, right? Um, One of the things that I discourage authors from doing, for example, is don't put up a really long pre-order for your book. Most of the time, most of us, unless you're J.K. Rowling or something, somebody, you know, big, best-selling author, most of us don't pre-order books very far in advance. 
right? We usually, if we need something, we want it right away. Amazon has kind of instilled that impatience in us as consumers, as has the ebook trends, right? Because you can get it right away. So I don't like long pre-orders for that reason, but I also don't like them because the longer a book sits in the Amazon ecosystem with little to no momentum, let's say, the more that it, it can impact their search overall. And one of the things I've seen is that shorter pre-orders for a book, thir- you know, two weeks to to, th- to uh, 30 days is actually optimal um, because ideally what you want to do is you want to, um, like I really recommend and we do, um, we do a, pr- a pre-launch, a pre-order campaign here that really focuses on the last two weeks before that book goes live. And we're running ads for that book and we're doing, you know, different pieces, different elements to get some traction to that book so that it starts to boost the internal algorithm um, so that the book right out of the gate, even if reviews don't start to appear right away, which they very often don't, especially for a first-time author, the book has some momentum with it. If a book launches on Amazon, look, so let's say your book goes off a pre-order tomorrow and you think, oh, I need to start my marketing now. Your book may hang on to the new release category for a while, but it'll quickly sink. You know, we figure with the thousands of books, whatever the number is now, 4,500, 5,000 a day that get published, um, the book starts to sink. And once it sinks, it's really hard to recover that sales rank. Well, that's uh, that's very interesting. Uh, and as a complete contrast, of course, with how larger publishers yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. release their books because they notify, uh, and I know this from my experience with our distributor, mm-hmm. we have to provide information to them 10 to maybe 16 months in advance. And once yes. the book is in their cataloging system, uh, the metadata flows out to all the different vendors, Amazon included, and the books are up there available for sale Oh, I don't know, six to eight months in advance of uh, advance of publication. So what you're saying though is that uh, a fresh book is kind of given an advantage. It's kind of like throwing your uh, throwing stuff into a pond, and for a while it floats on the surface, but then it gets waterlogged and sinks to the bottom uh, yeah. unless there's something to to keep it uh, up at the top. Right, and there are exceptions to this, right, Peter? So there are authors who have big robust bases. They don't necessarily have to be, you know, massive Mm -hmm. household, best-selling authors and household names. But the general rule, and I understand, you know, publishers have a way, they have to work with the distributors, which I understand everybody has a list of action items when a book launches, right? And, um, but the one action item that I really wish that more publishers would consider and more authors is make sure that you are are working with the Amazon algorithm as opposed to against it. Because as I said, that is going to be, that's a, it's a hard climb to come back out of that. And let me just, let me give you an example with my own book, right? Um, so I launched a, I launched a book and I'm, and I'm just going to say right up front, I'm like the cobbler that goes home to kids with no shoes. So I don't have time really, cause we're busy promoting our authors, I don't have time to really promote my own books short of whatever we do kind of at the beginning. So I did a 30-day pre-order. We did a two-week 
two week ahead of, you know, the launch, we did a two week ad window. We did a few other things. Um, I sent it out, you know, for early review, et cetera, et cetera, sent it out for blog review. But that book has held on to its momentum and it continues to hit the bestseller list just about every week where it gets the actual bestseller flag. And that is something, because I, I, I'm literally, I mean, I know this sounds awful for a marketing person to say, but I literally just don't have time to do anything with that book at this point. And it continues to sell and it continues to hit those lists. And that is part and part and parcel from the early momentum that kicked that book in and has continued it. It also has to do a little bit with the ads too, because I continue, if I have a set of Amazon ads that are doing well, I don't pull them. I may lower the budget on them, but I don't pull them because there is a certain amount of optimization that the ads also leverage. So yes, you get paid placements, but there is it does also feed into that search engine too. If yeah, I mean, Ed, I guess you've thought, well, do I really need to keep this ad going if the book is doing well? Do you think the the two are feeding off each other? The ads feed the sales, and the sales, you know, basically feed the uh, feed feed the ads, so to speak. Yeah, because I can drop my ads down to five bucks or something. I can just I can really drop them down to where I'm spending, you know, I don't know, maybe a hundred dollars a month or something on these ads, if that, and the book continues because now that now all of the wheels are kind of, you know, all the wheels are spinning, right? All the wheels are kind of in place. And we know this, you know, for anybody out there who has ever had sat down with a search engine optimization person on their website, you know, we know that if you put all of the right pieces in place. If you put keywords on your homepage and keywords throughout your website, and if you're updating your blog frequently, and if you know if you're doing all the right things, the you know the Google gods kind of smile down on you, and it you know it all kind of feeds into one another. And Amazon works very much the same way. So where does uh, where does say an author find out how to say if they can't do every? No one can do everything if they were going to just try and figure out six things that they had to do. Where, where do you think a, a author would go to find out what are those six, six essential things? That's just an arbitrary number, by the way. Uh, there might be three essential things or eight essential things. I don't know. But uh, if someone is, is just starting out, where, where would you suggest they go for some better education? Well, I mean, obviously, um, you mentioned our blog. We have, you know, we have our uh, the blog on our website. Um, I have um, my book, How to Sell Books by the Truckload on Amazon, on Amazon. Uh, depending on when this podcast airs, I'm, you know, I'm updating that book because unfortunately it has to be, <laughs> it has to be updated every year. So there's right. just, there's no end to my, my, my joy, but there is a lot of information online. And I think you all also have a great, um, and you've interviewed him before too. You have a great Amazon expert who. Oh, um, Ian Lamont. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's also, he's also really good, but we, you know, like I said, we have a lot of information on our blog. I think that, that what the, the thing that authors most overlook. And if I'm getting sidetracked, by all means, rein me back in. But if the one thing that I find that authors really overlook almost every time is their Amazon book page. And if I talk to an author and they say, Penny, I don't know what else to do to market my book. I'm running Facebook ads. I'm running Amazon ads. I'm doing all this stuff and my book's not converting. 
I can almost guarantee you it's the Amazon book page. So let's say, you know, the cover is great, right? But the book description, the actual book page has to convert that um, consumer to a buyer, right? It's not just about sending people to your Amazon book page and that they're going to buy the book. They have to be incentivized because if you look at Amazon book pages these days, they're quite busy, right? They're very distracting. And Amazon's goal is to sell you other stuff, right? So they're at, there are, you know, there's a, a ribbon of sponsored posts, which are the Amazon ads. There's a ribbon of also bots. Then maybe there's a, um, you know, then maybe there's a new Amazon TV show that they're trying to push. So Amazon is always trying to distract a consumer from your book page. So you really have to spend the time. We do so many book page evaluations and Almost every single one of them, something can be fixed or changed or updated to help increase your conversion. And you're talking not just about the uh, the metadata, the description, the blurbs, but uh, these days you can put up images and you can put up uh, um, uh, you know additional information ab- about the book that are visual and uh, yeah. e- even suggest uh, you know slightly interactive, you know things that you can look at and read and experience that are that actually draw draw reader in and, and kind of overwhelm what Amazon uh, itself is using to distract you. Well, and, and even if you, because depending on the dashboard that you have to upload your book, some folks have access to that, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that's through, that's through Vendor Central. And then other folks don't necessarily have access to add all that cool, cool stuff. But you can do a lot on the back end of Amazon Author Central, so you can add additional reviews. Um, you can add um, an interview with the author. You can add video content. The other thing that you can do too, which a lot of authors, um, uh, which a lot of authors overlook, is the are the Amazon Video Shorts, which I absolutely love. And you can just record little short video snippets, uh, and maybe you take a video snippet from an event you've done, from a talk you've done. Or um, a piece of your, you know, or a piece or all of your book trailer or something like that. You can really get creative with that Amazon book page to keep the consumer engaged right. because you have, like, you know, maybe a second, maybe half a second right. to well, get them. We get we get access to those through our distributor, and we've taken advantage of them. I, it is a lot of work to prepare good-looking material for that, but it does seem to be worth it. It certainly makes the book stand out. We get it as, I guess, part of the package the distributor offers to its various publisher clients. Do uh, author publishers or people who work through uh, uh, the uh, Seller Central, do they have to pay separately to Amazon for this? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that it just really depends. I think that you can upload whatever you want to. On the back end, um, I don't think there's any cost if you have a, you know, vendor central or seller central account. Um, but other, you know, other folks, if they're going through Ingram Spark, who we love, and other portals, you don't necessarily have access to it. But there's still a lot, like I said, that you can do with your Amazon Author Central. Even if, even if the only thing that you do with your Amazon book page is polish that book description, and I don't necessarily mean polish in it needs to be rewritten, but create some spacing, right? We know that as consumers, 
we scan, we don't necessarily read. So do you have bolding? Did you start your book description with a standout review? Um, do you have, if you have a nonfiction book, especially, do you have bullet points of the benefits? Um, did you, you know, did you, if you have a fiction book, did you start your book off with an elevator pitch um, that really kind of grabs their, grabs the reader's attention? You have very little time to convert them. And the, the reason that this is so important is not just because obviously you want to make a sale, but as you are pushing consumers to your page through Facebook ads or Insta, whatever you're doing, as you are, as the consumer moves on to something else and doesn't buy your book, it impacts your Amazon relevancy score, which is the super secret. I don't even know if Amazon actually calls it. That's what I call it. Um, it's the super secret score that Amazon assigns to all their product, which makes total sense when you think about it, right? Because Amazon wants to show their consumer things that consumers like. So the, the so score is a measure of what? It's uh, desirability? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's desirability. It is the it is the match, the consumer to the consumer match, right? The consumer to to keyword match, which is why your keywords are so very important. Um, but if you're sending a whole bunch of people to your Amazon page and they're not buying your book, it's impacting your relevancy score. And what happens then is Amazon says, okay, so this is not really right for the thriller suspense market. So as much as you cram those keywords into your book description or into the, you know, into your, your Amazon portal, it's still going to hurt your, it's still going to hurt your, your algorithm. It's going to hurt your visibility overall. Oh God. What's, what's worse than being branded a loser by Amazon? (laughs) 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 Well, uh, how does one, I mean, I assume this is controlled by some uh, mysterious algorithm that's constantly changing, unpredictable, uh, hard to game and goose. What the, I mean, uh, can you find out your relevancy score uh, or is there some way that you can, with, with, with some confidence, uh, improve it? Well, generally speaking, so I, I don't know, I can't speak for Amazon. I don't know whether they give people second chances. I don't know how that, I don't know if there's like the whole second chance parade for people who have kind of messed up their books the first time. What I do know is that if you can, um, as you create improvements, so again, let's use the let's use the Google example, right? We know that you can improve a website searchability by starting to do all the right things. And I've adapted everything that I teach on Amazon right across the board to what what Google does because of the similarities. If you start to improve, so let's say, for example, you know, you're getting feedback that your cover isn't really quite right. So you go in and you redo the cover and that helps to improve your um, conversion on, on the Amazon book page just a little bit. That starts to help your relevancy score. Then you dig into your keywords. You didn't really have a good set of keywords in your on your Amazon back end. That now helps your relevancy score. So you absolutely can improve a book. So it's not as though it's hard to recover when a book hits, let's say, the 4 million mark, the 4 million sales rank in Amazon. Like it's hard to bring that back. And I, and I will be honest with you, I've actually never sat there and said, okay, let me take this book at 4 million. 
you know, up. Usually we're getting books that are in the 900,000 range and, you know, the million mark. Mm -hmm. Um, We're getting them that are fairly high and we're lowering their sales rank, which means that they're getting more visibility, um, which hopefully means that they're selling more books because the two aren't always, you know, the two aren't necessarily always connected. But I do know that you can make marked improvements to your book so that the search rank on your Amazon book page improves, your relevancy score improves, and, you know, you start to sell books. Because at the end of the day, Amazon, forceful e- force for evil, force for good, they want to sell product. So if your product is now becoming more desirable, they're going to start showing it more to consumers who are doing searches. Ah, I see. The, the more love you give, the more love you get. The more, right. <laughs> the more love you get. Yeah, the more love you give, the more love you get. And, you know, Amazon does favor. I mean, I think that um, I will be very candid. We got out of the Google AdWords game a few years ago just because it just it's ridiculously complicated. But Amazon is expanding the importance of their ads. And I do recommend that authors, you know, even if you do just do a small ad set, because it absolutely can help your optimization. Again, not just from paid placement, but I've done experiments with Amazon ads where I've said, okay, I want this book to rank for these particular keywords and I'll drop them into the ads without putting them into the book itself, right? So without adding them to the keywords, I'll drop them in the ads. And sure enough, within 24 hours, the book does start to come up for that particular set of keywords, Hmm. right? So the two do work together, even though, like I said, you don't have to necessarily spend a lot of money on And those uh, Amazon keywords and the Amazon advertising, do those work strictly within the Amazon ecosystem? And unlike Google AdWords, say, which are all over the Internet, presumably. Um, so if, if, if you decide that you're going to make your main focus on, on Amazon, then you can use the Amazon advertising. But if you are looking at other markets, don't you really have to expand your advertising base a a little beyond that? Well, so Amazon is at some point going to, um, they are going to expand out into, and I've read this in a few places, Mm -hmm. and I think that it's, I think it's kind of a natural progression anyway for for the Amazon ad ecosystem. Um, They are going to start expanding much like Google does, whereas you pointed out that it shows up everywhere. Um, but you're talking about, does it make sense to do ads on other platforms to drive them to Amazon? Yeah, or, or to drive them to, uh, or, or at least just to gain more recognition for your book. I mean, presumably you want to have some sort of call to action, your ads, where they can go somewhere and either find out more information or buy the book, whether it's to your own website or to Amazon or even Barnes & Noble. So I'm, I'm not, so I'm, I'm not a fan of... Uh, Instagram ads and Facebook ads with the caveat that most of the time when we're running ads on those portals or when I see authors that are running ads on those portals, they're running them with no real clear goal. So, you know, obviously the call to action is buy the book, but there has to be really something else. So maybe it's a special bonus or it's a reduced pricing for a certain amount of time or something. I mean, you really have to go deep with these ads just because there is just there's just so much competition for for the on these on these platforms now. Right. Um and you know the other thing though too is is that 
a lot of authors that I talk to are really wanting to build their their sales off of their website, right? So they have their book up on Amazon, but they're like, you know, hey, I'd like to send. I know a lot of publishers are kind of in that same vein. So maybe experiment with, you know, trying a set of ads that goes to the, you know, goes to the publisher's website or the author's website to try and build uh, that, you know, the recognition that way. Yeah, we, we found it very difficult to wean um, consumers off of Amazon. Uh, simply cannot beat them for convenience and the opportunity it gives them to buy toilet paper and books and bags of chips and house cleaning and, uh, I, I don't know, N95 masks uh, at the same time. Yeah. It's it's really compelling. I want to go back to this Amazon relevancy score, though. Mm-hmm. Is this something that, that one can actually find out or do you just have to infer it from... Uh, the behavior that you see you in you well so if you find that so there are some telltale signs right um and if i'm looking at a book and i'm doing research on keywords that it should be you know showing up so you know research that um if i'm doing if i'm re- if i'm looking on amazon sorry i was saying that a little bit backwards and I'm looking at particular keywords and this book is not coming up or this book is on page five, right? And yet the keywords are included in the dashboard or they're included on the book page itself or something like that. Like if the author looks like they've checked all the boxes and they've done everything right and the book is still showing up, is still not showing up in search or not showing up well, it could be, but the relevancy score could be part of it. The other the other element of it could be that it's just it's sitting in an extremely busy market. But for the most part, you know, one of the interesting things is as many times as I've taught the Amazon class and as much as as much communication is there that there is out there by myself and a whole bunch of other people who talk about Amazon, I'm always amazed how few people update their Amazon pages properly, right? So I think that if you're not coming up in search, if you're if you're listening to this and you think, oh, maybe that's my problem, it's my relevancy score, how do I figure this out? Start with your keywords on Amazon because I am always baffled at how often they are actually not updated or they're used, um, the author uses or the publisher uses single keyword strings and people just don't search that way. Uh, I, I, I will pass on something that uh, Ian Lamont had said about keywords when he was talking about advertising and what keywords to choose. Uh, if you start typing in the Amazon search box, you will find out what are the keywords that Amazon itself thinks are important and you can kind of uh, use that as a model. Do, do you agree that's a pretty good strategy at least for developing some of the keywords that you might want to use with your book so yes so yes and no i know that's kind of i know that that's a popular um theory my experience has shown me and i and i i could be completely wrong about this so i'd be interested in, in ian's take on it but um the keyword strings that i pick for for authors are based on supply and demand so the Amazon suggestions are suggestions, and they're a great place to start, but then you have to compare them to the number of books in that keyword string and the sales rank. Because ideally, if you're picking keywords, keyword strings, let's be clear that they're not singular keywords. If you're picking keyword strings, you really want 
um, keyword strings that have a low supply and a very high demand, right? And by low supply, I mean you could have, you know, under 10,000 books for a particular keyword string. If you're thinking, you know, if you're talking about 8 million books in the Amazon system, that's a pretty low number, right? For the sales rank, I'm looking at something, you know, between zero and 27,000 is considered considered the top 1% of Amazon. So I'm looking for something that's maybe, I mean, if I can get a sales rank of 100, fabulous. But if I'm in an extremely busy genre, let's say genre fiction, right, I might be looking at a sales rank of 58,000, 65,000, something like that. And I would still say, I would still consider those keyboard strings doable. So I'm going to give those a shot. But I'm always looking, and the other piece of it too is, is that sometimes you have to flip keyword strings. So so an example, right? We're getting into um, the hallmark of all things, <laughs> holiday, Christmas movies, et cetera, right? And don't ask me why I know this, but they start this weekend. And um, Amazon has has a big, they do big sales for Christmas romance. But one of the interesting things that I discovered this year is that they f- the keywords have flipped. Whereas normally I would, if I'm optimizing a book for an author, let's say, and they have a Christmas romance set in a small town. I might, you know, the keyword strings might be Christmas, small town Christmas romance or something like that, right? Amazon sometimes flips those keywords around. So you might do this research and look up the supply and demand for, um, you know, small town Christmas romance and say, well, that's not very impressive. But then when you flip them and let's say you say um, Christmas romance, small town or something, and you find that they're, you know, the, that the search is looking better for that keyword string. Amazon does this all the time. It's, it's very, very strange. So I do like the drop down, but I always want to check it just to make sure that it's correct because it doesn't respond the same way that Google does. Google has the same drop down in their search bar and that you can pretty much you can pretty much know from that that those are really popular searches but amazon doesn't always respond that way the other thing that you want to make sure that you're doing with amazon is i always do all of my optimizations on the kindle side of the amazon store so i go over to the kindle store and that's where i do all my optimizations the reason for that is is because it's a heavier side of the amazon ecosystem right a lot of authors we know go straight to ebook so there are i would imagine i of course amazon never releases these numbers but i would imagine there are you know twice as many ebooks as there are print books so i always do my searches there because i find i get better results hmm that's fascinating i I've, I've never never heard that before well good i uh well, gosh, there's so much more to talk about, and uh, it'd be interesting, actually, to have uh, you and uh, Ian Lamont uh, have a uh, like a debate about uh, metadata and keywords and that different would be strategies. So fun. I would love that. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the future of jousting in, uh, in high tech America. <laughs> I, 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 admire, I love his videos and all of his talks. He does such a great job. So I would be, I would be, I'd be honored to share the time on the show. That'd be great. Well, I'll certainly let him know and make sure he listens to this. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, we've been talking with Penny uh, Sansevieri, who's the uh, founder and CEO of Author Marketing Experts. I want to make sure I give your website here, which is www. 
amarketingexpert.com. And when you go there, uh, you'll find uh, ways of contacting Penny and also link to the blogs, which I, as I mentioned at the top of the show, is uh, certainly worth checking out. Highly recommend it for, for getting more tips and probably a lot of stuff there about how to, how to work with Amazon as well as uh, pay his own publications. So thank you, Penny. It was great. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed the show. It was a fun, fun conversation. Great. It was wonderful talking to you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Penny Sansevieri of Author Marketing Experts. Uh, during our conversation, the name Ian Lamont came up. And uh, as you may or may not know, Ian is an ex-IBPA board member who has produced some really great videos about working with Amazon. And he's also been a guest on this podcast uh, more than once. So check out our podcast site for my interview with Ian, who goes into a lot more detail on using Amazon advertising. And I'm really kind of curious, does Amazon work for you? Or is it just a gobbling, greedy beast? Well, please let me know your thoughts at, at Peter Goodman or at IBPA on Twitter. And be sure to check out IBPA at ibpa-online.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Peter Goodman. And as my bosses in Japan used to say, let's have publishing fun and stay safe.